I would play Texas in this game solely because this is a this is a team that I think is driven by the problems of last year. If they kind of had like a revenge tour as their motto for the season, the teams that beat them, like that was one of their top goals, obviously win the conference or whatever, but like the number one goal after that was like beat everybody who, who beat us last year. Hello and welcome in. Today is Thursday, October 20th. We hope that you are prepared for another great show here on Always College Football because we're prepared, man. It's a great card this weekend. As you know, every single Thursday we talk about the gambling lines, we hit the angles, we hit all the different games that you might want to have a little action on because Chris the Bear Felica joins the show. We hit it from every possible way, so we hope you enjoy it. We do it every week. You know where to find us. Whether it's on the ESPN YouTube channel or if it's via the podcast on Apple Podcast or on Spotify, like, rate, and subscribe. It helps us out. It helps the show out. I won't waste any more of your time. Let's make some money. Let's get down to it. Let's talk about it. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Every college football season, Goodyear knows the importance of winning on the road. The road will always demand confidence, the confidence to handle whatever the journey brings and to perform under tough conditions. And just like the players and the fans of college football, Goodyear is ready. Are you ready for the road? Visit Goodyear.com to find the right Goodyear tires for whatever road you're on this season. Goodyear, more driven. Like we are every Thursday, we're joined by Chris the Bear Felica. We're so grateful for his time, and we're grateful for his expertise. He's been terrific, not just here, but on the Stanford Steve and the Bear pod, also in the column there on ESPN.com. You've been on fire, Bear. Got to tip the cat, buddy. Yeah, no, it, it's been a uh, it's been a really good year in the column, and uh, the the it's funny. I've been having the right games, but I just haven't chose the right games for the board the last couple of weeks. I should have put that Nevada Hawaii game on there instead of Utah USC. I knew that was going to come back and haunt me with the uh, the old Rainbow Warriors, the outright win, as, as I kind of hinted earlier in, the, in that in the show. But uh, no, I, I certainly can't complain as to uh, to where we are right now. The, co- the picks in the column have been uh, have been fantastic, and hopefully, a lot of people are reading and watching and listening to this and and uh, profiting so far. Well, the bows are bows are a hammer. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you got to play the island too. Now, don't forget that. Um, all right, right, let's take a quick look at tonight's action: Virginia uh, against Georgia Tech. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't yeah. like. I don't like anything about this game. Like, I just can't. I cannot pick a side. I refuse to pick a side. Line opened at three and a half in favor of Georgia Tech. It's now at three. So if nothing, it feels like maybe the money's coming in on Virginia, but I don't love it, Bear. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, Virginia is on the do not best bet list uh, <laughs> after getting out to that quick lead uh, over Louisville a couple weeks ago and then getting uh, completely rolled in that game. Uh, the other game, however, I do like. I do like Troy uh, getting the field goal uh, against South Alabama. I mean, John Summerall's team is, is a team. They, they should be undefeated. In, uh, in conference play, if it wasn't for the Hail Mary against Appalachian State 
Um, they they kind of embody the energy, a defensive style of ball. It forced a bunch of turnovers uh, a couple of weeks ago when I actually liked Southern Miss against them. But, but, but Troy, South Alabama has obviously gotten a lot of pub. Uh, everyone's familiar. They only lost the, uh, the last second field goal at UCLA. Um, but I, I kind of lean towards taking Troy here plus the points. I, I think they have the, uh, uh, the better defense, and I think that will travel. Yeah, you referenced the App State Hail Mary, their other loss to Ole Miss. Uh, not, not bad as far as the track record's concerned right. for John Summerall's team. Um, UAB, Western Kentucky, Tulsa Temple tomorrow. The Temple line stinks to me because I look at Tulsa. I think Tulsa's got a pretty good passing attack. I think another record might not necessarily indicate success, but Temple looked awful against UCF. I'm sure some people are probably overreacting to that. It's a 12 and a half in favor of Tulsa. I just can't touch it, even though Temple, to me, is on the do-not-bet list. It's almost an auto-fade uh, yeah, with the yeah, Owls. I, I, yeah, I see 13 across the board here on Tulsa. I'd pass. Um, <clears throat> total, I really got no feel on UBA. UAB Western Kentucky as well, uh, another game that I really don't have uh, much, unfortunately, to uh, to offer here. So I think I think Thursday is a play on Troy. Uh, Friday is a play uh, where, where I think we sit, we enjoy – uh, we, we we look at the uh, the slate for Saturday and come up with a good game plan. I think fr- Friday night's a night to uh, to get the to get the hall pass for for all day Saturday. Uh, maybe take your your wife, your girlfriend, your friends, your significant other, whoever, nice dinner on Friday and pay attention to them <laughs> as opposed to college football. Yeah, I think uh, Saturday you're going to walk want to lock in. Let's start with one of the oddest lines on the board. You have a top ten team in Ole Miss against the world's most inconsistent team in LSU uh, based on the performances of the last two weeks. This line opened in some places. Ole Miss is a slight favorite. It's now flipped all the way back around. LSU laying as many as two in some places. So all the money seems to be coming in on the Bayou Bengals, understandably so if you're going to have a little bit of a home field advantage. And given the example that we saw just last week from what LSU is capable of, Maybe this team's legit and will play well down the stretch. So I don't know how you play it, Bear. I, I have a tough time with this one, but I have to lean just ever so slightly in favor of LSU. But I feel like they've I've gotten got already on LSU a couple times this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't get a good grasp on uh, on this LSU team uh, this year. But but people are talking about the the unranked over a top ten team being favored. I actually went back and looked, as I'm sure you probably assumed that I did. Uh, if you go back last year, there were actually five instances where you had an unranked team favored over a top 10 team. Three of those five won the game. So I, I, it's not it's not that uncommon for it to happen. I mean, however, one of those two losers was Mississippi State. Mm. Lost at home as a big favorite or, not, or a small favorite rather against Ole Miss. So the Rebels have been in this spot before. It really doesn't seem to affect them. So I wouldn't read. I wouldn't say, hey, LSU's favored, unranked, top 10. I'm like, I'm going to take them as a result of that. Uh, I do have have worries or concerns. And I I think we've talked about this a a bunch already, Like, like how good Ole Miss really is. Right, they couldn't separate from Auburn. They probably should have lost to Kentucky. Like it feels like they're living on borrowed time. But I, I just don't know if we're going to be able to get the same type of performance from Jaden Daniels that we did uh, last week in Florida. 
So uh, if I had to play it, I probably would play LSU, but it's not one of the games that I absolutely love. It's a tough one. I think it's a tricky spot. Uh, Ole Miss and LSU, for that matter, at the long ro- at the end of a long road prior to a bye week coming up here pretty soon, right? So it's like one of those where it's just tricky to me, I think, with LSU in particular, because I think they're dangerous, but they might be out of gas. It took a lot out of them the last couple of weeks with Tennessee and Florida in back-to-back games. Let's go next to Texas on the road in Stillwater. I think it's one of the games of the weekend. Still not sure about Spencer Sanders, a little banged up down the stretch of last week's games. I think that's a big reason for the line being where it's at. Texas currently on the road, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Feels like a lot, though, Bear. I can't lay a touchdown with the Longhorns right now. Well, there actually have been a couple of very sharp plays early in the week on Texas. I think they are assuming some maybe breaking news on Spencer Sanders, which kind of last week, late last week, emerged. And I know our game crew um, really did they, – they were under the impression that he would be fine, he was going to play. But but I think there are some other injuries to, to focus on there. Texas, I, I think – I would play Texas in this game solely because this is a this is a team that I think is driven by the problems of last year. They, they kind of had like a revenge tour as their motto for the season. The teams that beat them, like that was one of their top goals, obviously win the conference or whatever, but like the number one goal after that was like beat everybody who, who beat us last year. So right. far, three for three. Beat West Virginia, blew out Oklahoma, beat Iowa State, and now they get a road game at Oklahoma State this week who beat them last week as well. So uh, the way this offense is playing right now uh, against a defense that I think is kind of getting exposed a little bit, um, I, 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 if I had to play this game, I would lay the points here uh, with Texas. It's funny, when you were talking about teams that are uh, kind of at the end of their uh, their, uh, their their rope or how much gas left in the tank, I, I thought you were going to go to TCU. I mean, this, <laughs> this, seriously, this this feels like again. I have a TCU ticket at eighteen to one to win the Big Twelve, right. so I would love to see them get to the conference championship game at least. But if you look at the Southern uh, not Southern Miss SMU, right. Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma State, back to back to back to back. Now you got Kansas State. Like this is the fifth straight week where they really going to have to get up either for a. A rival in conference or a rival or one of the bigger games. So, like, I wonder how much TCU might have left in the tank for this week. This would this would be uh, Kansas State or pass for me uh, in in this game. Even though you got to applaud what TCU has done the last couple of weeks, uh, winning that game at Kansas and then coming back from a double digit deficit against the uh, the Cowboys to win that game. I can promise you what I'm not doing is taking TCU in this spot. <laughs> I don't yeah, I can't yeah. guarantee I take Kansas State, but I refuse to lay the points right now. Last week I thought TCU kind of they, they went all in there and found a way to get a win and that's amazing. They deserve ample credit, but I think it could come crashing down this week against a really sound, really good, really physical, quality defensive front that will get after the quarterback and that can get enough pressure on Duggan to not allow the receivers to separate and create big plays downfield. So I love Kansas State this week. Uh, I, I haven't decided like if it's my play of the week yet, Bear, but it's on the verge of becoming it, that's Ooh. for sure. <laughs> well, could we could be a little, a little triple option preview there? I like it. 
but it's funny because if TCU does win this game, you can probably put the, I would probably put them in the in the Big Twelve title game. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but you'd be the only undefeated team in the league, and you'd have wins over Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State. Like that's a lot of tie breaks that are going your way uh, with, with the way the Big Twelve is with the top two teams getting in. So. Uh, if they can get by this this fifth straight week of having to to get up again, they will be in a great position to uh, to reach that Big Twelve title game. It's hard to argue with that. I think you're 100 percent right. I think they're in good shape. I do, but I also look also at what Sonny Dykes has done traditionally. His teams have come out of the gate very very strong, but they sure. haven't played great in the last five or six weeks of the season. So, do have my concerns as a. Uh, you and I early in the season, our preseason, you know, prognostication discussion. Uh, we both love TCU, and now is where we hold on for dear life. <laughs> you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. All right, moving on to Syracuse and Clemson. This line is big, man. Thirteen and a half right now. Opened at fourteen and a half. I don't have enough faith in Clemson to not give up a potential back door. In a spot like this, I I don't feel comfortable laying two touchdowns with with Clemson. I just don't. I think they're I think they're fine. I think Syracuse's defense will keep them in it, but I feel like like Syracuse to me is almost a little too obvious as well. Clemson's been great at home. I don't think they lose the game, but I don't know if it's going to be spectacular. I think Syracuse will muddy up the waters and make it ugly. So I don't know if you have a lean on this one, but I lean Syracuse in the points. Yeah, this is this is a tough one because I mean I, I don't give Syracuse much chance of going down there and winning, but I think the way you laid the game out, it could go a lot like the Florida State game did for Clemson uh, last week, where they kind of get up and then they're in a comfortable position, and maybe you get a couple of late scores to to sneak in the back door, which the Seminoles right. almost did uh, last week. I just don't know how many points Syracuse can score, like like. Look, I, I know this has kind of been like a running joke, but like, do we know if Syracuse is actually good? Like, like <laughs> seriously, Purdue's like, pretty good. They took care of Purdue, but it wasn't pretty, right? right. Virginia <laughs> stinks. And you, you, how is NC State still ranked, by the way? I mean, no definitely This team, you talk about a team that's done nothing. Like, I, look, I know those teams at the bottom of the rankings and the top of the others receiving votes aren't very good. But have you seen that NC State team the last couple of weeks? Like, like how are they hanging on to a ranking with the, with the backup quarterback and an offense and capable of scoring points? So, like, I, I think Syracuse's defense actually is pretty good, so I do agree. Like, this would be one of those games where I'd feel pretty comfortable about a money line parlay, uh, putting Clemson in there with some other bigger bigger favorites who likely won't lose. I don't think Syracuse can go pull the upset, but I, I can totally see them being down – 17, 18 points late, and oh, oh, by the way, back door opens up and you and you cover that 13 and a half. So I think I think we're on the same page on this one. Yeah, I love it. How about Minnesota Penn State? I'm on the call for this one. Uh, open at six and a half is steamed down now to four and a half. Minnesota in the whiteout with uncertainty at a few different positions from a talent <laughs> standpoint. You know, the question marks about Tanner Morgan who left early in the fourth quarter last week, and yet the line's moving in their direction. Bear, I'm calling it, so I'll abstain, but do you have a feel? I, I would probably lean towards Penn State uh, at home. Um, I, I know the line move is a little concerning, but but, uh, but I think Penn State has more answers 
offensively, especially if both quarterbacks are out, like is rumored with, with, with Morgan and then Sean Clifford for Penn State. Like I, I think Penn State with their backs and their defense probably at home. Uh, we, we, I, I don't know how Minnesota will be able to move the ball offensively uh, if, if Penn State can just stack up on Ibrahim. Now, look, I know people might argue, did you see the Penn State rush defense last week uh, against Michigan and give up all those yards? But I, I think that might actually help the Nittany Lions this week and just – uh, being embarrassed, you want the opportunity to get back on the field. So if I had to play the game I, and, and with the uncertainty, uh, with, with the injuries and, and lineup issues on both sides, I would tend to lean towards Penn State, uh, if nothing else, be because of uh, more answers and more playmakers, I think, on that side of the ball. Love it. Moving on to Cincinnati SMU. Uh, SMU extremely, extremely heavy as far as the sharp money is concerned. 24% of the tickets. Meanwhile, 75% of the handle coming in on the ponies. I, this to me, I, I don't know how you back SMU. Like I think Cincinnati, you know, I'm not sold on Cincinnati right now. I know it's a big game at SMU at home. It's kind of a, you know, a turning point Super Bowl type of moment for this team. To me, the line indicates take SMU. Uh, it's steaming right now from three to three and a half, but I, I don't know, Bear, man. I don't know how you back the ponies. Yeah, I, I just unfortunately just don't like the direction uh, that SMU's season uh, is headed in. Uh, again, I don't know. I don't think the Cincinnati team is close to how good they were a year ago out in the NFL right. draft. Picks clearly indicate that uh, this wouldn't be really a game that I would feel too great about playing playing either side, I would lean towards Cincinnati if I had to play the game. Because like I said, just everything that's gone on with, with SMU and some of the games they've been uh, involved in doesn't really inspire a whole lot of confidence, unfortunately, for a team that I actually had high expectations for this year. But I'd have to go with the uh, the, the better defense here, I think, in Cincinnati. I love it. Good call. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, my favorite play of the weekend, and I told you Kansas State was close. This is my favorite play of the weekend. UCLA getting six and a half points at Cincinnati. I hate the, or at Cincinnati, at Oregon, excuse me. I hate the steam. It opened at four and a half. It's now steamed to six and a half. I hate that the line's moving away from me, but I look at Oregon and, and I look at how they struggled with the misdirection and how uh, basically Georgia had them on their heels all game long. I look at it. They needed a furious rally against Washington State. They played against a bad BYU team. I'm not sure what Vegas likes about Oregon, but I love what I've seen from UCLA, especially on the opposite side of the football. I think they'll score a ton of points, and I'm not sure Oregon will be able to slow down the misdirection the chip will have for his former team. So give me give me UCLA plus six and a half all day long. Yeah, it feels like UCLA is going to be a little public underdogish, but look, last week the public underdogs did well. I mean, Oklahoma yeah. State wound up covering, Tennessee wound up winning outright, so... Like that, that's not always a reason to like a sub, but, but I think uh, X and O wise and analytically and breaking down the game, the way you just did uh, the way UCLA's offense runs, Oregon has had a ton of trouble getting teams off the field. They're, they're like next to last in the country in, in getting third down defense, like mm. opponents are converting over 50% on third down. And, and if you're given uh, the UCLA offense with Charbonnet and, and, and DTR third and two, and you can't get them off the field, that's when Chip's offense really that's a recipe. gets going. <laughs> right. like, seriously, that, that, that's, that's like recipe for a road upset. I mean, I, I, a couple of years ago, they kind of let one get away up there 
that they probably should have won big turnover uh, right before halftime. Uh, this is one of those games for for Chip now at UCLA. I mean, if they were to win this game, you really start looking ahead as to what's remaining. Like, hey, maybe right. they are the best chance for for a Pac-12 team to make the playoff because at UCLA, is 0-5 against top 10 teams. None of the games have really been super close, and he was so good against top 10 teams at Oregon. If I had to play the game, I would take uh, UCLA and the points and kind of be on the side of the public because I, I think there is enough there uh, offensively with, with UCLA to have some success uh, against that Oregon defense. I, I'm with you. I, I think that Miss – I feel like the, the misdirection and some of the stuff that Georgia killed Oregon with – UCLA can do that just as well. Now, maybe not quite the personnel uh, across the board or the depth of personnel that Georgia has mm-hmm. and the physically imposing tight ends, but, man, they got some speed, and they're going to be, I think, a problem for Oregon all game long. Let's move next to Mississippi State at Alabama. You'll be there, uh, part of the crew for this one. Mississippi State currently getting three touchdowns on the road at the Crimson Tide. That has been a bad matchup for a while now. For Mississippi State, the last couple of years against this defense, I like Bama personally in the get back spot. I know that's a lot of points, and I know Bama's struggled so far and they've been really up and down. I know Mississippi State coming off a loss, you're probably going to get their best performance of the year, but I don't like the matchup. Mike Leach has yet to score a touchdown against Alabama in two years of being back in the SEC, and I'm not sure he's going to be able to do so against a ticked-off defense. And for those that think Mississippi State's passing attack is similar to that of Tennessee's mm-hmm. passing attack, they are polar opposites. So I like Bam. I'd lay the points, even though that's a big number, Bear. Yeah, I would lay it, too. It's 152-16 to 16, uh, the last four years. Uh, you've got to go back to 2014 for the last time. Uh, Mississippi State has scored a touchdown in Tuscaloosa. And and you're right. People associate Mike Pashley, but but it's not Tennessee's throwing the ball downfield over the top. Mississippi right. State doesn't have barely any thirty or forty yard plays this year, and people are so down on Alabama. Like every time Alabama loses, oh, this is it. This is the end. Here we go again. Like do people understand and comprehend and realize what it took last week for Alabama to lose? It took what seventeen penalties, a complete botched debacle on a muff punt on the special teams, a terrible pass interference call on an interception that would have sealed the deal, and Alabama probably would have covered the game had that that, that call stand, uh, and a, a sidewinding duck field goal attempt that barely – like, that's what it took for Alabama – and a historic passing performance and receiving performance from Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt. Like, that, that, that – who left on the schedule – that Alabama plays is capable of doing that. I don't nobody. So like the people are kind of putting Alabama to bed and uh, you can get plus money on them right now to make the playoff and potentially win the national championship. Uh, you take them plus money to make the playoff. And then you got something in your pocket from when they, for the SEC title game uh, when, when they get there. So uh, I'd lay the points here with Alabama and, and I'd lay the points uh, with the other team in the in the, in the playoff discussion here uh, as well, Ohio State. I know it's like twenty nine, but yeah, has I, I was going to ask the next well, thing I was going to ask Iowa about. Scoring, I don't know I how they score. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think they score at all. Um, if they do, it, I'm not sure it'll be at, at a point in the game in which it it matters. Uh, I don't know how what they was, stop. What was the Big Ten? Stop. Was it fifty one three last year? Was that what it was in the Big Ten championship game against Michigan? Like it's going <laughs> to be something like that again. 
It was a lot to a little, that's for sure. I do think <laughs> Michigan's defense last year, I was probably a little bit more of a believer in them than I am at this point with Ohio State. I think they've taken strides. But I, I've yet to see Ohio State play against a team with a pulse. Like, give me a give me a break. Okay, Toledo, I know it's been sideways every game. It's not their fault, by the way. It's not Ohio State's fault. They play who's on the schedule. It's just they haven't been tested yet, and they're not going to get tested this weekend either. No, no. I mean, I mean people, people, Notre Dame obviously is not turned out to be a team that some people thought they would be in Wisconsin, obviously, uh, is, is a different style of team. But, yeah, you can only play who you can play in Michigan – could only play the teams that was on their schedule prior to, to last week before they absolutely – it's amazing just how one game completely changes the perception of of a team. And I think Michigan and their soft early season schedule and then what they did to Penn State now has the conversation opening up again about, hey, maybe maybe this is a better Michigan team than last year. Maybe it's not a foregone conclusion. Uh, Ohio State wins the Big Ten and, and reaches the playoffs. So, But, yeah, I think uh, Jackson Smith and Jig will be back. Uh, all of the talk about the playoff and three SEC teams, maybe I think that kind of has Columbus on uh, on alert right now. And I, I would be very, very surprised if this game was was close. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, a few more, Bear. One that stood out to me in the Big Ten, Purdue getting two and a half at Wisconsin. I understand very much that Wisconsin, difficult place to play. This feels like a dumb play, to be totally honest. But I feel like a lot of people are gonna say, "Oh, Camp Randall, jump around! Give me, give me Wisconsin! Give me the Beatrice! Let me lay, let me t- lay two and a half! I went on the last minute field goal. Uh, to me, mm. Purdue can do a couple things. They can stop the run and they can score. And I not they don't always score, but I think they can score. <laughs> so I, I like Purdue in this spot. Barry, am I taking the cheese? No, I, I would I would be with you here and Purdue again. It's not something I necessarily uh, absolutely love, but. What have, what have you seen from Wisconsin this year to really believe that they have the ability to to beat some of these the better teams on their schedule? I mean, uh, I mean, last week it's funny. Last week was kind of a, a predictable loss against uh, against Michigan State. There, they, like that game was more bad Northwestern the previous week, and just the emotion of that game. But uh, we'll, we'll, this will be the first like test for uh, for Jimmy Leonard to see if he can get this team to, to bounce back off of a subpar performance against a really bad Michigan State team. But P- Purdue's got it all in front of them right now. They, they, we're, we're steamrolling towards a Purdue-Illinois game to determine who goes to Indianapolis for the right to lose by uh, by 30 to Michigan or Ohio State. So uh be curious to see if the Boilermakers can uh, keep the path. But I, I'd agree with you. I, I would I would take Purdue because I think, I think their defense is a lot better than they uh, get credit for. Finally, Bear, uh, is there anything in particular that you that you love this weekend? I, I think it's an odd card. There's a few games that kind of stand out to me. Uh, I just don't love the lines in a few different spots. There's a lot of great matchups this weekend, but there doesn't feel like a ton of value on any of these plays. I love the overreaction plays usually, but I don't feel like we're getting it's really getting reflected on the lines. I think the Vegas is sharpening. So, is there anything in particular that you're liking? Well, that's the thing. There are 21 games this week between Power 5 teams. 12 of them have a spread of seven points or fewer. So, yeah. so like, it, it is definitely not a week where you're going to find, I think, a ton of value. I, I think uh, maybe Mississippi, maybe Mississippi State, uh, maybe Texas Tech playing right. seven against West Virginia might be a spot where uh, you, you could potentially play the Red Raiders. Uh, I do like Troy on um, tonight on, on Thursday night. Uh, I think that I think that's one to play. 
uh, it's well. I mean, I mean, it'll be be curious to see. I, I think maybe a team like like California, who coming off that awful loss against Colorado last week, yeah, which submarine my the uh, overreaction. That Colorado one, that one, I kind of that one, I. I hate. I do not like Cal. I don't like their team. I, I think they're inconsistent. Loved them a few weeks ago against Notre Dame, but other than that man, I have not been a fan. So, you know, how do you get behind a team like that that looked so bad last week? You just got. You just got to hold your nose and and understand <laughs> the psychology. You got to understand the psychology of, or try and understand the psychology of uh, 18, 19, 20 year old kids coming off of a. A terrible loss. Now you come home, is and now you're a big underdog, uh, which is uh, interesting against a Washington team that isn't necessarily great on defense. The other, the other game I kind of like as well as Arizona State getting getting a field goal against Stanford. You go from a 16 point dog uh, to winning outright at Notre Dame, and that I don't know how much of that game you saw last week. Yeah, uh, Stanford Notre Dame. But that, I think that was more about bad Notre Dame than it was no doubt. Stanford kind of turning the corner. So Arizona State's actually shown a little bit of life since the uh, the, uh, the the coaching move, and uh, I, I could get behind them taking a field goal as well. Yeah, it's not like they're going to be weathering the storm of an absolutely brutal home field advantage that Stanford has to roll out there. So <laughs> I think they'll be in good shape. The library-like Bear. atmosphere of Stanford City. <laughs> right. Awesome stuff, Bear. Thank you so much. Great, great, great week, as as always. I know you're going to probably, based on your track record so far this year, you're going to be well in the plus again. So spend your winnings wisely, my friend. We'll try. All right, bud. Have a great weekend. You too. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed makes hiring all in one place so easy because it takes 10 minutes or less for most small business employers to post a job, according to Indeed Data US. Indeed also has a jaw-dropping pool of talent. In fact, three out of four US online job seekers search for jobs on Indeed each month, according to Comstore. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at Indeed.com slash always. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 offer. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, great stuff from Bear there. Really enjoyed being able to hit so many different games. Not as many games this weekend. I know he referenced the fact that there are 21 games between Power 5 teams that have a spread of seven or less. I I thought that was kind of interesting. There's a lot of toss-ups. A bunch of teams are kind of hitting that mid-season swoon. Be careful of the mid-season swoon. And I'll just tell you this, as someone that played in college, high school, in the NFL, 
The last game before the bye week is one of the toughest games of the year. I don't know why that is, but take that into account and bake that in when you're trying to make some picks, okay? Just saying. I don't know why that is, but it's strange, strange realization that I came to when we were probably year two or three in the NFL. So it definitely is tricky. It's the toughest game, I think, to prepare for because you're already thinking about what next week might be when you can finally catch your breath. So appreciate so much you guys being with us. Please like, rate, and subscribe on ESPN's YouTube channel. Hit that thumbs up button right beneath the video. You can also go and subscribe to ESPN College Football page. It helps us out. That helps the show out. Leave a comment. If you disagree with our picks, that's fine. We get the emails from the Tennessee guy every week. They tells us how terrible we are at our picks, and understandably so. Well, I have Tennessee number two. Check the rankings that show out from yesterday. So a lot that we'll get to here in the next few weeks. A lot that we'll get to tomorrow as we preview at least at least five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of these matchups. Because we got a lot of great ones this weekend. If you're on the podcast, hit the subscribe, hit the like, give us a five-star rating. That helps as well. For all of us here at Always College Football, for Jack Foster and Mark Kubiak, I'm Greg McElroy. We hope you have a wonderful day, and we remember, it's Always College Football. Hey guys, it's Greg McElroy. Thanks for watching Always College Football. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts.